Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. The Shadow Diaries from Studio 71 and Snarled Entertainment. To all those who may be listening, a brief disclaimer. The rest of this story is not for the faint of heart. After a week on tour for my first journalistic assignment, I found myself knee-deep in a mystery, including a demonic celebrity cult, a manic depressive pop star, multiple deaths, riots and mayhem, and the sneaking suspicion I was the target of ritual sacrifice. It was way after midnight in the elusive Arizona high desert, hiding in a creek outside the compound of music manager come messianic antichrist Marilyn Rose. On the run with an even more fragile than normal pop star, Eliza Gold, and our only hope for a plan revolved around a dark web advisor, only reachable by burner phone. Hello. It's Shayna. Don't hang up. Just hear me out for one second, please. My friend is really sick. She's ready for help. We, we can pay you, book you a flight, we'll do anything. But please, you have to help her. I told you I don't do this sort of work. You need to stop calling me. You don't have to get involved, but please just talk to us. Help us understand what's going on. Uh, maybe she can even shed some light on missing pieces you're looking for. She's desperate. We're desperate. Where are you? Arizona now. We'll be in Austin, Texas this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I wondered where Virgil was coming from. How many states away? How many hours from us was he? We'll go to you if we have to. If you see me, it'll be because I want you to. And I haven't decided if Virgil, I- Virgil, hear me out for one second, please. My friend is really sick. She's ready for help, we can pay you. Or book a flight, anything. But please, you have to help her. Fine. Tomorrow. Keep your eyes open for a red El Camino. Be ready and be alone. Just the two of you. Okay. Uh, where should we meet? And, and what time? So he'll find us? Eliza had been so quiet. I was startled when she spoke. I guess. Who is he? He sounds shady as fuck. Shadier than our other options? I really hope you're right, Jaina, and, and he can help me. He will. We're gonna get you out of this mess. Thank you, Jaina. <laughs> For what? Trying. And then she hugged me, wrapping her frail arms around me as tight as she could. She stared into my eyes. And then I heard... I looked up the hill as a trio of flashlight beams crisscrossed the slope. We had another minute or so at most before we'd be spotted. On instinct, we headed across the creek for the fence line of the property that ran along the roadside. 
How do we get out of here? I, I don't know. I've never tried. I think the fence has barbed wire. Okay, okay. So we need to look for an opening. Don't worry. We can do this. Eliza! This isn't funny, babe. Eliza! Are you with Shayna? I took another few steps to the embankment as I felt Eliza slow behind me. Then I looked back to see she'd stopped completely. Eliza, we need to get out of here. Come on! Eliza? If we make it to the outside, what then? Where do we go? We don't have a car. There's no one around for miles. And if they catch us, we'll never see each other again, Shayna. I saw right away that Eliza was right. We needed a better plan. To beat this, we needed to play the long game. As the flashlights closed in, I realized I was in a prime position to help, but only if I kept up my appearance as the trustworthy helper to Marilyn and the team. I turned to Eliza. You're right. I have a better idea. Marilyn! Cooper! I got her! I got Eliza! Baby? Jesus! Hold on. We're coming, Shayna. As I made my way up the driveway, I could see Marilyn and Cooper's silhouettes backlit by the house lights, moving our way. She okay? Yeah, she's just really cold. I'll run and grab a blanket for her. Get a fire going. Let's get her inside. And I know what you're thinking. Why in the world would I hand Eliza back to the very evil we were running from when we finally got a hold of Virgil? Well, you'll just have to keep listening to find out. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Eliza warmed up by the fire as Cooper sat beside her, holding her tight even as she remained limp and unresponsive to him. Marilyn gave Eliza a moment, for once, turning to me instead. Where was she? Down by the creek. And when you found her, you didn't think to call one of us? Uh, there was no signal, and then everything was going so fast. I was trying to talk her down, and I didn't want to scare her. She is not a well person, Shayna, as I'm sure Dr. Summers shared with you. Not only that, but she can be highly manipulative in roping people along to have her way. Uh, I'm sorry, I... No, don't apologize. I appreciate what you did. Just next time, call for help. So, Eliza, would you care to explain yourself? I just... Needed some air. We were in a sacred space together. Our special place. Why would you need air? I felt nauseous, okay? You know, there is always something with you. Nausea, give me a break. Always an excuse. You know, I don't even know why we try anymore. It's a shame. It was such a perfect evening and the beginning of a new cycle for your friend Shayna. Marilyn glanced out the window at the full moon. I knew there was some connection. Finally, we parted ways for the night and headed off to our bedrooms. I locked the door to mine and then locked the window as well. I took off my charm necklace and placed it as far away from me in the room as I could. 
The next morning, we rode south to an Arizona rest stop where the tour buses were waiting to continue the route east. I hadn't slept much the night before, and all I wanted was to take a big, long nap on the extended drive to Texas. But with the charm necklace back on to keep up appearances, I was afraid to shut my eyes. My eyes were getting heavier, and heavier, and heavier. Drifting slightly when I swore I saw something. Watching me out the window. The Shadow Man. As it ran out from behind a cactus, I got my clearest look yet. It was half man, half animal, covered in fur. Or was it medical bandages? His sunken dark eyes looked radiated and seemed to peer into my soul as if he knew just what I was up to with Eliza. The bus slowed down almost to a stop. Shit! Did they know already? Was it time to stop the charade and show the true darkness? The creature seemed to leap from a half a mile away onto the side of the bus. Oh god, was this the end? Hey you! <gasps> Shayna! Oh. Hey. Are you okay? I was startled to see Priya had helped herself to the open seat next to me. You having a little daydream there? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I just nodded off. Tell me everything about the desert. How was it? Uh, the desert, uh, the desert was enlightening. It really helped me understand things better. Sounds about right. That place is the shit. Uh, you been? Of course. So, what happened for you, energy-wise? Um, I mean, I, I could definitely feel the vortex. Mm, mm-hmm. The vortex, yeah. What else? Uh, well, uh, it, it's hard to say, you know? No. No, actually, it's not. I think people know it when they see it. I know I did. But it sounds to me like maybe you weren't ready. Like you're still fighting your own issues. Had she come here to assess my commitment to this belief system? I felt like I was under examination. You can't run from yourself, Shayna. From your desires. You gotta lean in. Lean into the fear. Let go. I looked into Priya's eyes, and as they glowed back at me, I began to feel like I was getting stuck in some form of paralysis. Locked in place as my mind struggled to break free. Was she hypnotizing me? Open your eyes and lean in, Shayna. Lose your old self. Find the better you. Everything around me went dark as Priya's pupils dilated and started turning clockwise in slow-moving circles. I tried everything in my being to move, to break away as she continued. Lose yourself, Shayna. Surrender. Open your eyes. Find the better you. I... I have to go to the bathroom. Finally, I'd broken through the paralysis. I stood and rushed down the tour bus aisles the whole crew stared. I made it to the bathroom and locked the door. I assured myself I was fine, and I got my breath. Priya was obviously versed in the same kind of mind tricks that Marilyn used. I was vulnerable from the exhaustion and... Whatever reaction I seemed to be having to the charm necklace wasn't helping. 
Still, I figured better to wear it until I got to the hotel and found some privacy. I was just about ready to leave the bathroom when I glanced into the mirror and saw blood on my lips. I opened my mouth to see the source of the blood. A back tooth on my upper right side was not only bleeding, but it turned dark gray in color. Oh, God, seriously? I wiped the blood away, rinsed my mouth, and returned to a different seat, away from Priya. The landscape shifted from pastel shades of orange and red to wide, grassy plains, finally to oak-covered hill country as we neared Austin. I had checked my phone every ten minutes, hoping for any word from Virgil that he was still planning our rendezvous. But he'd said nothing, and I was starting to get uneasy. I kept my head down as we loaded off the bus at the Van Zant Hotel and checked into my room without a word. My tooth had really begun to ache, so I popped some Advil and took off the charm necklace, hung it in the closet, and closed the door. I'm not a conspiracy junkie, I'm a journalist, I thought to myself. But as I searched for a rational explanation for the ceremony, Eliza's behavior, the necklace, and its ill effects, I just couldn't find anything. Was last night's divinity ceremony just some new age meditation? And Eliza was 100% not a sane person. Hadn't been for years. Was it possible her psychotic fantasies only seemed real to me because I was too close? And the necklace? Maybe they had planted lead or mercury in it? I knew that stuff made people sick. Then again, everyone I'd met so far was hiding something. Eliza seemed to have the same visions I did. The reality is, I didn't know shit. And time was running out. I had six emails from Chuck asking for new pages, and Virgil hadn't called. Eliza's show was fast approaching that evening, and I'd really begun to feel the ticking of the clock, along with a bunch of bizarre theories in my brain, a freaked-out pop star, and no sign of the all-knowing Virgil. I stared at the Colorado River from my window when... Damn. Caller wasn't Virgil. It was my dad. I felt terrible not picking up. I hadn't talked to him since I left for the tour, and I'd missed several of his calls since, but I just didn't have the nerve right now. At four, even though I doubted he'd pick up, I called Virgil to check in. Was this a sign to stop digging, finish your puff piece, thank them all for their offer to join their dark army, and go on my merry way? Was Eliza even worth it? As if on cue, Eliza texted me from the back of the bus. He's not coming, is he? I didn't know what to write back. I only had two and a half days left on the tour. This was my last chance at helping Eliza, but it seemed there would be no answer. It seemed she would be totally on her own. But I had no good answer in mind. I had no game plan. Just a wing and a prayer with a fringy stranger who I didn't know, much less trust. I started to text back. I'm sorry, Eliza. When out of my window on the street below, I saw a red El Camino pulling into view. I guess he'd been trailing us all along. I immediately deleted my text and instead typed, He's here.
I made my way to the Red El Camino, passing by photographers who are no doubt gathered outside to try to get Eliza on camera. I texted her, hide your face, and use the employee elevator and exit. I knew all hotels had this because of a summer job I once had at a hotel back home. A quick look at the Van Zandt's employee exit showed me it would lead her to a back alleyway where we would make a discreet pickup. As I headed towards the El Camino, I began to try and make out the man behind the steering wheel. His face was entirely shadowed, and even if I could have seen it clearly, I hadn't found a single photo online to confirm who this guy was. It was like getting in the car with a total stranger who you already knew was a little off. I was getting really nervous, and my heart rate went up accordingly. Shayna! Where are you headed? Uh, oh, uh, just to get a taco from the truck across the street. Uh, the roadies recommended it. Really? The roadies? Um, which one? Huh? The roadies. Which one? Um... It, it, it was Geo. Geo. Huh. Cool. Geo loves his tacos. Just don't take too long. I'm supposed to be looking after you. I got to the sidewalk and waited for Christine to be out of sight. Once I was in the clear, I headed for the passenger side door. I opened it and got in. A black dude with close-cut gray hair looked at me through vintage Ray-Bans. Where's your friend? She'll meet us behind the hotel. Christ. I told you to come together. Why didn't she come- Because she couldn't. She has a familiar face, okay? Another stop means more exposure. That's much more risk. A world-famous pop star trying to evade her doting boyfriend, Marilyn's watchful eye, not to mention the entire tour crew, the paparazzi, and hell, just about anyone in that hotel with two eyes and a pulse? I didn't need a lecture on risk. A lump formed in my throat as I imagined the already sick, already exhausted Eliza making her way down the bowels of the Van Zandt. What if Priya was already onto her, tracking her to the employee elevator? And if she got caught, how would she explain where she was going to Marilyn? Even if my name didn't come up, there were my texts. What would they do to Eliza if they saw she was trying to run from the divinity? And what would they do to me after? My pulse ticked up and I checked my phone. Still no text from Eliza. But I couldn't sit here having a panic attack. I needed to have faith. And I needed Virgil to get his damn car moving. Look, she's gonna be here any second. Can we please just go wait for her behind the building? Yes, but you break the rules again and we're done, Nancy Drew. For someone who acted like he had it all figured out over the phone, he seemed to be paranoid as shit in person. As we came around the back of the hotel, I kept my eyes peeled for Eliza. But there was still no sign. This was taking too long. Where was she? Then I heard footsteps, and I looked up to see Eliza stepping out from behind a dumpster. I breathed a major sigh of relief as she hopped in the front seat next to me, wearing a baseball cap, oversized sunglasses, and pajamas. Hey. You made it. Nice work. Thanks. Watching Claire Danes and Homeland taught me everything I needed to know. Is your phone off? Oh, uh, sorry. Jesus, girls. Are you trying to get caught? Just power it down now. Okay. Were you seen or followed leaving the building? No, dude. This isn't my first rodeo. We're good. Virgil nodded slightly, satisfied with the confidence of her reply. He shifted gears and picked up speed as we merged onto Interstate 71 and headed east toward Houston. 
As the sun set, the landscape shifted away from the rocky hills of Austin into the flat, murky swampland of coastal Houston. Eliza and I didn't speak, but we checked in every so often with brief glances. I tried to project reassurance. Still, I could see how frail, how afraid she was, how badly she wanted answers. Virgil, while certainly a fringe character, carried himself in a way that made me feel like we could rely on him in a time of need, which I was grateful for. In a dusty parking lot next to a dockside bar with a red neon light that simply read bar, the El Camino drifted to a stop. This way. Let me do the talking. The place looked like it had been here over a century. Dark wood paneling and floors gave way to the no-frills bar and its no-frills bartender, who looked up at us in the dim lamplight. Evening, Sam. Evening. What's the word? Oh, you know, quiet. And shooting the breeze, a couple of my regulars. Perfect night, if you're looking to disappear. Read my mind. Sam, the bartender, looked like he owned and ran the place. Virgil seemed to really trust him, and if Sam recognized Eliza, he never let on. I'm gonna use the back room for a little business with these two. You never saw me. Saw who? My man. We headed down the hall to the back of the bar. Eliza took off her shades. She stood in the corner, looking pale, terrified to be here. You're okay. This is Sam's place. He's on our side. Virgil's confidence seemed to put Eliza a bit more at ease. I nodded for her to take the seat next to me, at the rickety wooden table where Virgil had begun opening up an old-school medical bag. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, I've been feeling it too, but uh, not as bad. You're fine. I can tell by looking at you. You only got the invitation. Her, on the other hand. Virgil pulled a small flashlight and a stethoscope from the bag and aimed the light in each of Eliza's eyes the way a physician would. She has high levels of dilation indicating extreme sensitivity to light. He wrote this down on a notepad. Next, he moved on to the stethoscope. Eliza swallowed sitting still as he listened to her heart and breathing. Slight palpitations, low BPM. Shayna, what is, what are you doing, man? I thought this guy was gonna help. Virgil? Just checking for the telltale signs. Mind if I ask your friend some questions? Some of them may be difficult. Virgil sat again as Eliza and I traded a glance. She shrugged. Virgil lit a candle and some stinky incense. He turned the lights low and put an old blues song on the record player. Then he went to work. I'm gonna need you to keep staring directly into my eyes as I ask you these questions. Okay. It's important for you to know that this is not your fault. They target the ones with the biggest hearts because that's where it thrives. Keep your eyes on me. We have to use all the time we have, all right? Eliza nodded with sober understanding, and Virgil's Q&A began as he noted each response. Nightmares? Yes. How often? Every night. 
Memory loss. All the time. You ever feel like the words coming out of your mouth aren't your own? Yes. Nausea, loss of appetite, skin ever feel like it's on fire? All of the above. How are you feeling right now? Angry. Why? I don't know. Keep your eyes up and focused. Do you want to be angry? No. But it's inside you. It's screaming, isn't it? I want to stop. Tell me about the voice. I don't want to. Yes, you do. Tell me. No. What's in there, Eliza? What's inside of you? I want you to show me. Show me that you're stronger than it is. Virgil took out a small metal box and unlocked it. He pulled out a cross and an evil eye, holding each in a separate hand. Now, Eliza, I want you to come towards the light. Do it. Find your way to the light. Eliza tried to lean toward the cross, but then her eyes rolled back in her head. She seized up, her neck twisting. I know it's dark in there, Eliza, but you must come to the light. The light, Eliza, the light. Jesus, Lord and Savior. Eliza, eyes yellow and her face a pale shade of green, had landed both feet on the table. She slapped the cross right out of Virgil's hand and grabbed his neck. Die and go to hell! Then, Eliza passed out. Whatever Virgil was aiming to elicit from her, it seemed he'd gotten it. Passere diabli sumo susque mortios. Let's feed the devil until we're dead. The hell's that? Part of the psalm from the sacred Latin text. I was stunned, chilled to the bone as I realized that this was really happening. And that Virgil, like some DIY ghostbuster, knew exactly what he was doing. Eliza awoke, seemingly dazed, and looked at us apologetically as she got back into her seat. Sorry, I... I blacked out for a minute. Were you saying something? Stage four leading to stage five. Stage five of what? Wait, wait. Stage five out of how many? There is no stage six. What are you saying? If you're going to help us like you said, then we need answers now. What the hell is going on? Have you heard of the divinity, young lady? Eliza looked at me. Yes, we have. And what did you let the divinity do to you? Eliza? Uh, I... She looked at me, scared. I, I don't remember. I just want this to stop. She's not okay. What do we do? Look, I don't know about you or your friend, young lady, but I know about what I see in her eyes, about the divinity, and the virus that it left inside of her because I've seen it before. Where? With who? I had a friend, talented, creative, smart, and ambitious. She was a painter. She sold some work in galleries, had a few shows, but nothing big. She used to say, I need the world to see me, Virgil, or my life doesn't mean a thing. So she started hanging out with these people associated with some group called the Divinity. And shit, six months later, her show was debuting at the Met. Man, big time in me for sure. Seemed like my friend got what she wanted, with this new circle of hers leading the way to superstardom. 
Didn't hear from her for three years. But then one night she knocked on my door, shaking, crying, scared, like you. She didn't recognize me at first, she just knew the address for some reason. She was speaking in tongues. My neighbors started looking, so I brought her in. Once she calmed down, she told me what the divinity was. The secret society, old as the Bible. What are you saying? She said these friends of hers promised they could make whatever she dreamed a reality. She said they did, but then she said they wanted something in return. Uh, I, I don't feel well. I think we should go back, Shana. You know what comes next, don't you, Eliza? Eliza, this may be our only chance. They forced her to paint things she didn't want to. Paintings with messages that made people do bad things. She took me to every healer she could find, begging for a way out of the deal. But no amount of Latin prayers or Buddhist chants could help when the divinity has you. Finally, she got so frustrated she told everyone she didn't want to paint anymore. So someone they claimed a crazed fan put a bullet in her head. I didn't dare ask questions. I ran as far away from my friend's associates as I could, but I still wanted to know the answer, so I started digging. When I was little, the old folks would sit around telling the story of Robert Johnson and how he made a deal with the devil at the crossroads of Highway 1 and Highway 8. I would have kept thinking that was child's play if it hadn't suddenly sounded so familiar. I spent a few days in Rosedale, where Bob Johnson's deal supposedly went down, scouring for anybody who might have been an eyewitness. And there, in the back of an old saloon deep in the Delta, I found her. 98 years old, blonde and hard of hearing, Madame Dubois's memory had started to slip, but that day with Mr. Johnson was etched in her mind forever. What did she say? See, Robert was down on his luck, and a record label man promised him that for an hour of his time, he could not only pay his rent, but turn him into the biggest blues artist the world over. The woman described what they did to Robert when he crossed the intersection and headed into those woods a little-known ritual called the Benediction Exagon, as they said it in Creole, or Hex Blessing. She described the entity conjured in the Hex Blessing as a devilish spirit that could be invited to live within a person, that less spree, or spirit would give them superhuman bursts of creative energy before running their bodies into the ground, killing them. This blessing had been passed down since the beginning of time by the descendants of the Dark Lord himself. Demons that walked the earth who understood how to harness the dark arts and change minds through vulnerable humans, hijacking them as vessels to corrupt. They called themselves... The Divinity. That's right. They look different to different people, but they are the force that changes us for the worse by harnessing the things we want the most. Time after time. Every facet of history has a divinity movement. Academia, the sciences, banking, hell, even government. Ever hear of voodoo economics? The product of a hex blessing. Those greedy record label men had hit the music community hard. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Easy e Kurt Cobain. Musicians are the most intimate artists. They connect with us on a soul level, which makes them the divinity's biggest prize. I'm leaving. I don't 
need to hear this. All you're telling us is stories, old man. I don't feel well, and if you can't tell me how to make this go away, then this is a waste of time. Eliza. Make it go away? I thought you knew. Once you receive the Benedictine Exagon, it stays with you forever. Eliza and I sat in stunned silence. Virgil looked pained after what he'd said, but judging from his past, this thing had plagued him for decades. Everything he said corroborated Eliza's story, and yet I still found myself in disbelief. I was only human. I mean, ask yourself, what would you have believed? I realized I had no choice but to act on the assumption that this was real. I had to help Eliza somehow, and I couldn't believe that there was no solution, as Virgil claimed. If someone received the Hex Blessing from this whacked-out secret death cult called the Divinity, someone else must be able to undo it. You said you would help us. And had she been at stage one or two, perhaps I could have. But she went down the rabbit hole a long time ago. You can't stop it. Fighting it is useless. If I were you, Shayna, I would just run away. Not good enough. You've studied this shit for how many years? No, I'm sorry. Decades? You can't look me in the eye and tell us that's all you know. Please. Look, in every case I've seen, those who fought to get their souls back die horrible deaths. It may have looked like an accident or an overdose or a crazed fan attacking, but these events were the direct result of a person's light clashing with dark, if you will. By giving a person over to it, allowing it to spread its evil through them to the masses, and always sacrificing a little lamb in the process. And I'm sad to say it, young lady, but you will live with this until the hex takes over your body or a messenger finishes the hex for you. Fuck you, old man. This is not my fate. There has to be one. I'm sorry? One survivor. One person who beat this thing. Who disappeared. Tricked fate. I heard of one person who is rumored to have survived, but they changed their name and I don't know where they live. Look, I suppose if, and that's a major if, you could talk to them, maybe they could explain to you how they... Virgil looked at it wide-eyed before slowly standing and making his way over to it. He pulled the chain on the single light bulb in the room to darken it, and with a hand gesture, signaled for us to make our way over to the back door in the room. We quickly got up and moved there, using a supply shelf as temporary cover, as Virgil unlocked and cracked open the door to the bar. A smiling man stared at Virgil with silver-capped teeth and a sleeveless shirt and a mullet tucked underneath a black trucker hat. His eyes were glazed like he had cataracts. Something about him instantly felt off. Time's up. Room's ours. Talk to Sam. He ain't here no more. Bullshit. It's his bar. He's right over there. Virgil pushed the door back, revealing a pair of similarly dressed, glassy-eyed hillbillies in black trucker hats. Who were these freaks? Virgil took a step forward. Oh my god. I edged my neck out to see through the doorway into the bar. Sam was hung by the feet from the slowly spinning overhead fan as his mouth bled out. Virgil's keys were slung at me from across the back room as he screamed. Run! You can run, but you cannot escape us! Hail the divinity! Oh God! Oh God! Eliza and I were out the back door and running for our lives along the outside of the bar for the truck. Where the hell did they come from? 
Were there members of the divinity lurking around at all times, spying at anyone who aimed to expose the truth? It reminded me a bit of stories I'd heard of people who'd been stalked by Scientologists, except these people were violent. I shuddered to think what was happening to Virgil inside the bar, but I trusted he could handle himself around these types. Whatever was going down, we didn't have time to look back now. This was life or death. I wondered if the men had seen us, and as we jumped in Virgil's El Camino... Shit, come on! Open the door, Eliza. Shayna! Hold on! Ah! The agents of the Divinity ran after us, but quickly disappeared from my rear view as I drove through the dirt road back for the highway. We were safe. At least for now. The Shadow Diaries Directed by K. Asher Levin Written by K. Asher Levin and Zach Imbrogno Episodes 2, 5, 8, and 9 Co-written by Matt Worley Produced by Gail Gilman and K. Asher Levin Edited by Fitz Harris Executive Producers Michael Schreiber, Dave DeVries, Stephen Perlstein, and Gail Gilman Starring Madeline Petch as Eliza Gold and Kara Hayward as Shayna Secco. Featuring Constant Zimmer as Marilyn Rose, Kay Asher Levin as Chuck, Markia McCarty as Priya, Clint Howard as Dr. Summers, Lydia Hurst as Christine, Davi Santos as Trevor, Carter Jenkins as Cooper Rose, Gerald Webb as Virgil, co-produced by Andrew Seeley, Josh Falcon, audio engineer, Annalise Nelson, associate producer, Music provided by Gramoscope. Mixing by Peter Lipinski. Podcast cover art by Dak Schaefer. Script supervisor, Rebecca Samini. Additional featured voices by Zach Imbrogno, Sarah Lukasowicz, Danny Gonzalez, Patrick Hambrick, Danielle Hootmer, Lauren Stevenson, Marina Ashvar, Zach Justice, Brighton Charbino, Saxon Charbino, Jimena Medina, David Warwick, Max Sternbaum, Jack Donnelly, Zeke Thomas, Dustin Mote, Brady Morphy, Sarah Sinsel, Dylan Swimmer, Ella Swimmer, Kira Lukasowicz, and B. Busta. Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or staying together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected Community. Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood.